What's up, my friends, and welcome to today's episode of Forte Catholic. I am so glad that you have found us. Welcome in, welcome back, whatever the situation may be for you. Father Anthony Sharapa and I today have a very fun conversation for our first two segments where we talk about, I have a question, why is he in persona Christi and not in persona Spiriti or in persona Fathery or in persona Trinity? Like, why, why specifically? So we dig into that. Uh, we also come up with a new game called Finish the Lyrics for Catholic Hymns under the... Um, idea that uh, we've all heard these hens hun hun hundreds of times and yet we still don't know the words and we both proved that pretty well. And our final segment today is a little interesting, a little different for us. We're going to talk about gay Catholics and why, um, what the church is doing and what the church is not doing um, to help them and uh, grow in discipleship, grow in their relationship with God, grow in their relationship with the church. So uh, that may, may be triggering for some people. So, you know, first two segments are your normal Forte Catholic. Listen on in. Have a good old time. Uh, third segment is a little bit more serious. Uh, we hope that you enjoy it. Let us know what you think. Um, but yeah, without further ado, enjoy today's show. I am Taylor Stroll. That is Father Anthony Scarabucci Sarapa. Father Anthony was weird. I recorded a whole show with the priest that wasn't you a couple weeks ago. It felt strange. Yeah, I'm going to just pretend that didn't happen. It went so well. The chemistry was just, we were just Gross. popping from the beginning. I mean, he was great. Well, I'm I... going to be terrible just to balance <laughs> things out then. <laughs> Yeah, that's the way to keep your spot here on the show. <laughs> it's like, oh, I have a new easy replacement. Okay. <laughs> I, <concede>. I quit. <laughs> yeah. You're like, finally, I can get out of this, you know, yes. get my get my days back. Um, I have a very big theological question for you, which is an odd place for us to start the show. So yeah. instead, I'm going to um, I'm going to ask you uh why we are recording so late this week. What could you possibly have done that was more important than talking to me for an hour uh, this uh, whole week? Okay, literally anything, but specifically, uh, <laughs> every three years, all of the clergy in the Diocese of Pittsburgh get together. We call it the Clergy Convocation. It's like three days to kind of be with each other, listen to some talks, different workshops on things, uh, but a lot of it's just kind of relaxing. I end up going golfing twice with a bunch of you know friends from seminary and everything. Um, we had really great discussions about uh, fraternity. We had one meeting, which was super boring and should not have been a part of the clergy convocation uh, and made me very cranky. But other than that, it was that's all you tweeted about that. All, that's all you tweeted about. So you keep telling I me don't, you I don't yourself? tweet. I don't have a Twitter. I, oh, I never I, tweet anything. I, met, I texted. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you know, when you, I, I, that's the first time I've ever slipped up and you have doxed yourselves more times than I have. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so <laughs> don't have a Twitter. It doesn't exist. And uh, the thing is, like, I don't I mean, why text people when you're like in the middle of having fun? You text people when you're bored or angry. Right? No, <laughs> that's incredibly unhealthy. Why would you text people when you're having fun? Like, just go keep this, having fun. This explains a lot. This explains a lot. Okay. But with my friendships, so I've been watching The Office recently, mm -hmm. and I'm realizing that as incredible as it is, 
for me to work for myself and not have to deal with crap. And like, I've had some frustrating meetings at the parish and it's really nice to just walk away and not have to deal with it. You know, <laughs> Sorry, sure, yeah. know it doesn't bother me at all. Um, but there's a part of me as I'm rewatching the office that like, I miss being around people, like interacting with people and building relationships with the people that I work with. And there's like, a, there's a little bit of sadness there, right. From like, cause sure. I used to work in offices and parishes and all this kind of stuff. And now I'm realizing why the sadness has just like piled on. It's because the people that I've chosen to work with, you, John, Liv, and Allison, that's all you people do to me. You text me when you're angry or sad or scheduling <laughs> to talk to me. And I'm constantly sending y'all funny anecdotes or things. You'll come and you'll pop into my mind. Hey, I'm thinking about, you, you know, with you, it's like, I'll send you Italian stuff. Just no response. So y'all just don't want to interact with me when I'm happy. Now I'm angry, and now you want to interact with me because I'm angry that you don't want to be happy with me. Yeah, this is great. Now, now I'm having a great time. This is this is this is the fun. I I was in such a good mood, and now I'm like genuinely upset. <laughs> I just got insight into why I've been so sad. And I think it's all of y'all's fault. <laughs> well, you know, part of it is I get so wrapped up in like what I'm doing now. Um, so. If I end up going to my phone, it's for escape. And I guess that's just what happens. It's probably not fair to you, but man, never get much thought until right now, actually. I'm trying to help escape. I send you funny little things. Let's just go through our text messages here. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna find, look, I, uh, first of all, you're the mm -hmm. only person in the world that messages me through the Zoom app to tell me that you're ready. That's the last thing we, um, to be fair, I texted you. Oh, no, this is making me so mad. Okay. I texted you one thing that was funny, no response. Another thing that was funny and a super exclusive thing. You're the only person I sent it to, no mm -hmm. response. No response. Both of those were hilarious. You know the one thing you responded to? The thing you were angry about. <laughs> I am consistent. It makes me so mad. I didn't even recognize it through this whole time. I sent you a hilarious conversation that I had with YouTube trolls on, on the YouTube comments. No response. I sent you a behind-the-scenes audio clip that will forever be between you and I because it's Father Mike Schmitz messing up on the Catechism of the Year that I edit, and it's solely for me and you because I think I'd get sued if I played it publicly. It's very funny, and I love the kind of... Father Mike behind-the-scenes is so funny because, like... Like when you mess up on a podcast, most people get frustrated. And he's just like, oh, golly, and moves on to the next thing. <laughs> he's so Midwest. I'm going through all this. I sent you a hilarious thing. No nothing. Nothing. You're so right. And I've never realized this about you. And it like explains a lot, but somehow makes me more upset. Like I get more insight into how you are as a person, and I'm less happy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, and to be fair, you're not the only person I do this with now that I'm thinking about it and scrolling through my messages. This is kind of how I operate. Oh, wow. That's probably not good. Maybe you should, like, is it a, is it a busyness thing? Or is it a, like, you don't like, you don't want to be happy? Like, you won't allow yourself to be happy? Like, what is it? Now I want to I mean, I mean, I mean, I definitely like, so it's, it's kind of a, I don't know. I don't know what this is. This is now more and more distressing. Um, the only interactions, like people will send me stuff. My dad will send me stuff. I'll ignore it. Um, the only time I like respond is when I get videos or pictures of my niece 
Um, so maybe I just hate everyone except uh, Indiana Sharapa. Maybe that's it. I would say I'd start sending you pictures of her, but I'd probably get in trouble. Yeah, that'd be weird. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, let's get to what we were going to talk about. We, I had a perfect transition from your convocation with your priest uh, into my question. Uh-huh. And now I'm just angry. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the show. Uh, so you hung out with all your priest brothers and sisters. <laughs> Try that again. Try that again. <laughs> I don't think I want to. Uh, <laughs> we It's so funny. We've been talking about Protestantism a lot. So I've been saying our brothers and sisters in Christ a lot. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you about an in Christ thing about priests. I just thought it was kind of funny. And one of the things that I texted you about that you didn't laugh at was kind of along the lines of that joke. But I'm just mad. I can't even think straight. Okay. Maybe you just need funnier jokes and I'll respond to them. N- no, screw you. Okay. So... <laughs> uh, Priests, here there there are three things, and believe me when I tell you that I have thought about these things. Okay. So this is a challenge. If you can explain these things to me in a way that will make all three of these things work together. Okay. Okay. So, um, the all three of these things I have known about and like thought that I was like done with like my knowledge of these three. Maybe not done, but at least I have a very good understanding of these three things. Right. Yeah. The first one is when the priest is, uh, um, you know, performing the sacraments, you know, celebrating the sacraments, he is in persona Christi, in the person of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So mass, reconciliation, that, that sort of thing, right? So I, I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on that. I sure. feel like I also have a pretty good grasp on the Trinity. And the Trinity has been on my mind recently because I gave my Trinity talk last week at foundations you know i've talked about that talk on here before it's like the like the most intellectually driven talk i ever give i've ever given you know um so the trinity three persons one god the person of jesus the holy spirit and god the father and then there's also this third thing about how um it kind of connects to the in persona Christi thing, but we've talked about it over the last few months because somebody did this correctly, where priests are going around baptizing, saying, let, uh, or they're saying, um, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that is the incorrect baptismal formula because yes. the church says that you have to say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit because you are acting in the person of Christ. Okay. Those are three things that I feel I have a good grasp on. Yeah. Cool. Good. Here, here's where my mind broke. Okay. So I, I gave my talk on the Trinity. So the Trinity's on my mind. Yeah. And one of the big things that we say, one, what's one of the biggest, the, the, the first, actually the first time that we see the Trinity begin to be, to be revealed. It's not fully revealed to the New Testament, but we see the signs in the Old Testament. Right at the beginning, let us make man in our image. Yeah. So God, him, God himself is saying, let us make man in our image. Not, not let me make man in my image. There's a group here. So that's a, kind of this first idea that... There's more, more, more to this story, right? Cool. Um, so my primary question, with all of that being said, is why are you as a priest in persona Christi, and mm-hmm. not in persona Christi and in persona Fathery and in persona Spirity? Like, why are the Spirit and the Father just thrown out of this whole business? Um, <laughs> I, I really want to know. <laughs> First of all, it's because the other two sound silly. Uh, maybe in Latin it would sound better, but in English, spirity and fathery are just ridiculous. I'll, that's just can't can't have that. Uh, so while uh, the Trinity, the God is one, we also say there are certain things that are proper to each person. Um, 
in the very kind of basic sense, um, the father is not the son. Sonship is belongs to the son uh, and such. But the reason why I'm in Persona Christi is because of the son's, the word's relationship to humanity. Our access to the Trinity comes through Christ. He takes on our humanity so that we can share his divinity. That's the whole point. He lifts up our humanity into God by his incarnation, by the cross and resurrection. And that is a priestly um, activity. So when he allows us to share in his priesthood, properly speaking, we're a part of the activity of Christ. So Christ continues to work his priestly ministry of reconciling humanity uh, to God through us. So it is Christ the priest performing these sacraments. It's proper to him. He's the one who does it. That's why it's in persona Christi. Okay, follow-up question. That's a very uh-huh. good explanation, by the way. Good. Um, follow-up question is, I, I think where... Uh, the thing, the part that you said about each person kind of having their... Uh, each person of the Trinity having their own... Um, how did you word it? Like Things own, that are proper to them. Things that are proper to them, right? Yeah. So um, I, I think I see it so much that the Spirit's... What is proper to the Spirit and the Spirit's role is mm-hmm. that when Jesus left, he sent the Spirit to do the work of sanctification, right? Mm-hmm. To do the work of continuing what Jesus did, because Jesus is no longer physically here in a human body with flesh. I know that he's here in the Eucharist. Don't at me. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But like, he's not physically here as a human being anymore, right? Sure. So he sent the Spirit. Um, and so like when I hear like when the definition of sacraments, it's like... Uh, invisible signs uh pointing to you know visible signs pointing to an invisible reality that yeah. uh, that bring about grace so i hear grace and it's like grace holy spirit so those things connect in my head right mm-hmm. um so that's why it's like like and for some i've been thinking about this all week for some reason it's just like it, it was funny because at first i was like oh he's not in the in the person like in persona father e you know was yeah. kind of the weirder one because i'm like Okay, I don't really think about it. But then what do we call you? We literally call you father. And like when you're yeah. so like when you're pastoring, when you're um leading the parish, those are the moments where you're not in persona Christi, right? Because you're mm-hmm. not doing the sacraments, but it's like that's where you're pastoring. To me, that's kind of like a fatherly action. And then but like the the grace, like the sacraments is the hardest part for me because that's where okay. you are in persona Christi. But yeah. to me, it's like grace and like building up of the people of God. That's also the spirit's role. So it's like, yes, why, why are they just like left out? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, OK. So um, uh, Christ reveals the father. So the only way to get to the father is through Christ. So where Christ's presence is, he draws you into the father. So while I may not be in persona Christi because of my ordination, the ontological change, um, I in a non-sacramental way bring Christ with me. Um, and along with that is an experience of the Father. Okay, And uh, we also know that the Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. So I call down the Holy Spirit upon the gifts of bread and wine. So the Spirit is still active in that, but it's Christ the priest who's kind of initiating it. Um, and you can't truly have any member of the Trinity like separated from the other one. So they're kind of, they're, they're, they're going to be there in a certain way, but in ways that are proper to their persons. Uh, so uh, instead of like saying all of that, we just say in persona Christi. That's, that seems to be to wrap it up. Okay. 
and that that actually does wrap up the like the ori- the original primary question pretty well. Mm-hmm. You're, I'm actually impressed. Kind of surprised you do that so well. Uh, <laughs> I thought maybe I should. it's kind of like my existence, <laughs> so I know a little bit about it. <laughs> you think I can trust priest theology often? That's just simply not. No, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so here's here's kind of a follow up question, and maybe maybe because of the answers that you already given, this kind of already answers it, right? Sure. Uh, but like I kept thinking about there was that famous story couple months ago maybe it was half a year ago now of that priest that was um baptizing people saying we baptize you um and it made all the baptisms invalid which then made all their marriages and their confirmations and their ordinations and all that stuff invalid right right? and that's been on my mind because i've been like pastorally dealing with people in similar not the same scenarios it's like is this marriage valid is this valid? i've been thinking about validity of sacraments quite a bit sure yeah as I've been like walking with people and I'm like literally calling you and asking you questions about it. Um, but the primary reason that I have heard, even from you, um, is kind of like a, this is invalid because the church says you have to say these words and priests should follow the words and not make up their own thing. That's the only argument that I have heard. Right. So I okay. get that that is the primary I think in most cases, that's kind of what's happening. It's a priest kind of being a rogue and doing his own thing and wanting to kind of be on his own, right? Okay. But my question isn't that. My question is, why not? Why can't yeah. why can't the priest say, like, uh, we baptize um, when, when there is that let us make man in our image, right? Like, even God, right. which you are acting in the person of God, I mean, directly in the person of Christ, right? But, like, that's where it got kind of, like, I was trying to, like, kind of make that okay right um and kind of understand why the church says that priests can't say we baptize you does that make does that question make sense yes yes i I think it does so um the the argument like this is what the church says the words are and you should do them i think that's kind of a way of saying like when you're really frustrated with your kids and you don't feel like explaining the whole thing to them you just say because i said so um it's not necessarily wrong but doesn't give the full picture uh, so a lot of times that theology, priests and deacons who do that, we baptize. The we they are referring to is not only him, but the community around him. So lay people oh, are baptized. Um, like, it's like kind of a, the community. It's a communal act of baptism. So it, it's not the proper subject of uh, or object. Or, anyway, so there's that. A lot of times that's the meaning behind their we. Um, but let's say the meaning behind their we was the um, Holy Trinity. Um, it still goes back to that other explanation of Christ is the high priest. It's proper to him to baptize. So you're still getting it wrong. Um, that's why the we doesn't work. Uh, and uh, yeah. Okay. So on uh, two things on the baptism thing, and there are two very different questions going down two very different okay. uh, paths. But one um I'm kind of answering it in my own head, but it's like, it is weird <laughs> that the priest or deacon has to, like, I didn't even think about your version of we. I just kind of yeah. always thought it was like a, whatever. I didn't think about the community aspect yeah. of it, right? That's very uh, often their theology when they do that. 
but which is kind of weird though, because anyone in that room could be baptizing that person. Now, it's not the proper way because the priest or deacon should, but like I can baptize anybody as long as I'm using the proper words, right? Yes. And, but but then like in my own head, I'm still like, but I would still say I because that's how I've been taught how to. I w- if I was by myself baptizing some random person die on the side of the street, I'm not gonna say we. He'd be like, who's we? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like um, you can't con celebrate a baptism. Uh, that's you need one person to baptize. So the idea of like a it can't be a communal act, even if each individual member could baptize. Um, that's why you say I. Right. And then my other question is kind of the same thing, kind of a diverging another path is I think what makes what makes it so it goes back to like why I have this like confusion and click uh, that's not fully clicking in my head between it really comes down for me to me to the in persona Christi versus like in the person of the spirit, because like Jesus never baptized anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, so like we get, you know, the, the, we have all the seven sacraments and they're all instituted by Christ. Right. I, I get that. But it's like, he did give, he didn't, I guess you could say, quote unquote, he heard confession, not in the way that we did. Like, obviously, like, you know, conversation with the woman at the well. Like, it's kind of confession, but not really. Right. He more, uh, It would be kind of weird if the priest was coaxing sins out of you and being like, ah, I actually know you have more. Like, that's not. So it's like it's kind of there, but it's not. So he didn't actually yeah. hear confessions. But there is the lines of like he tells the apostles to whatever you bind and whatever you lose will be bound and loose. OK, I get that. Um he did institute the Eucharist. Like, it was there. He instituted the priesthood. Like, he did that at all at the Last Supper, right? But he was never, he never baptized anybody. So it's like, even the words of, like, I baptize you still seems odd because Jesus Christ never said, I baptize you as a person on the earth, which, like, kind of connects it more to the Spirit to me. Because he yeah. didn't do it, but he sent his Spirit, and then his apostles did it. But I guess acting in the person of Christ by calling down the spirit, it just it's all very confusing. <laughs> yeah. Just because Christ uh did not like perform the sacrament doesn't mean he didn't enact the effect of a sacrament. So uh he forgave sins, but he didn't take someone through the sacrament of reconciliation because Jesus could just do that. Um he kind of I don't know if I want to say that, you gotta be careful with the language here. Uh but so he just did it, right? Whereas when he does it now, he does it through the sacrament. Um, through the mediation of the priest. So did he uh, sanctify uh, his apostles? Uh, yes. Did he do it through baptism? No. But when the apostles do the thing that Christ did, now they do it through the sacrament. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you, you do have to say that Christ instituted the sacraments, but it does not mean he um, did them in the same way, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that's right. I think my primary, I have two primary takeaways from this. Yeah. One, you did a much better job answering this than I thought. Uh, and two, uh, if you don't start laughing at the memes I text you, I might punch you in the throat the next time I see you. Oh, no, I'm going to thumbs down all your memes from now on. <laughs> That's fine. At least there'd be some interaction with a person. That'd be nice. Okay. okay. Uh, don't go anywhere. Whenever we come back, I have a very silly segment that we're going to play after okay. what was supposed to be a serious segment that we just did that turned very angry and silly. So uh, do not go anywhere. I hope that you learned something and uh, that you can't call Father Anthony in persona spirity unless you really, really want to. I probably will. Don't go anywhere. 
We are now halfway through our foundations course over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Forte Catholic. This is our 10 week teaching course on the 10 basic things you need to know about Catholicism. We've tackled the Trinity. We've tackled the church. We've tackled uh, revelation, uh, uh, salvation history, and the sacraments so far. So uh, if you have not checked those out yet, you can do so on youtube.com slash Forte Catholic. There is a playlist for our foundations course. Um, people seem to be enjoying them. This was a ministry that we're doing here at our parish. And I was like, why don't we just throw up a camera and some microphones and uh, and share it with you guys. So you can check that out also over on YouTube channel. We have full length episodes of this weekly podcast. We also have... Um, our pop culture series, A Catholic Perspective, where we look at your favorite movies and TV shows. So we've got about 10 of those up now with about four coming over the next month or so. So check that out, youtube.com slash Forte Catholic. Hit subscribe today. Thanks. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll. That is Father Anthony in the in persona spirit. So um, I had this, I have this thing and I want to, I know that I am weird, but I want to know about this particular weirdness. And I want to know two things. Does it apply to the priest at mass? And does it apply to the, the rest of the laity that was not a former music director plays music at mass? Okay. So here's the, here's what we're going to do to, to, to prove how this goes. I'm going to get part of that answered now because I'll get real live feedback from you <laughs> during the segment. And then I hope to get uh, feedback from our listeners on how well they did. Did they do better than you? Did they do worse than you? Is it about the same? I just kind of want to see where like music music person at mass, priest at mass, and like regular lay person stands on this. Because okay. we're going to play um, finish the lyrics for a bunch of very popular Catholic hymns, some of which you will love and they're classics, some of which are ones that you hate and I already know that going in. But this segment isn't about do you like the song or do you not like the song? It's about do you know the next lyric? Okay, cool. Okay, so... What I'm going to do is you are going to get two points if you can finish the lyrics. So essentially, I'm going to sing part of it. Or mm -hmm. I might even throw in some bonus points and see if you can just get it off of like a clue. Okay? Mm -hmm. So there's, there's the possibility for three points. Most of our questions will be a maximum of two. Like, do you get it immediately? I will sing part of it. And then your job is to pick up wherever I leave off and sing the next line. Okay? Okay. If you need a little clue or a reminder, and then you get it. You get one point. If you do not get it, that means you're a bad priest and you get zero points. Deal? Cool. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, everybody can play along. If you if you're on like if you're on on your phone listening, whatever, keep track of your score and post it in the comments on YouTube. Let us know on social media how you did in comparison to Father Anthony. Um, I will try to keep track of his. No, it's your job to keep track of your points. You got your phone there, right? I can do that. Yeah. It's your job to keep track of your points because of how I am. I have all these. <laughs> songs opened up ready to go this whole segment came from as a former music director i have a lot of these songs memorized like the first you know first and second verses and choruses or at least first second and fourth because everybody at catholic churches hates the third verse you know like however these things go um but there are times where I'm in the congregation now, now that I'm not doing music, that I am like the more like regular person in, in the pew, right? But sure. I still have, I've still played these songs a bunch, so I still feel like I know them. Um, but I have this theory that even some of our biggest hymns, and if you're trying, like this is you trying to sing them without a hymnal, because I don't use hymnals. You typically don't because you're the priest walking up and down the aisle and doing other stuff, right? We're going to see how well we actually know these very famous Catholic songs. Okay, cool. All right, so here we go. 
this is the this is the song that started this segment. This is my wife's favorite hymn, and they played it at mass this past Sunday. And I realized how very little I know this song. It's a song I have heard hundreds of times and cannot <laughs> seem to find the words. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay, there's gonna be I'm I'm gonna we're gonna try to do it back and forth. So I'm gonna do a line, you're gonna do a line, I'm gonna do a line, you're gonna do a line for this one. Okay. Ooh, okay. Oh God, beyond all praising, we worship you today and sing the love amazing, which <laughs> songs cannot repay. Oh, you know it, you know it. That's four points for Father Anthony <laughs> Sharapa. <laughs> for we can only Ooh. wonder at every gift you sent. Uh, blessings bum, without bum, number bum, and mercies bum, without bum, end. Bum. That that <laughs> song is um, played at every single ordination. Um, and so when I was thinking of when I was getting close to my ordination day, I was playing that song on a loop. So I know at least the first lines pretty well. That's great. Like, yeah, it's like it's one of those hymns that like I didn't grow up with, but like I yeah. as I, like when I got to college, we would play it at every. Every wedding, every big celebration of mass, every whatever, yeah. like like the big feast great. days and stuff. And uh, uh, I'm like, oh God, beyond the praising, and see, like I, I know yeah, like yeah. half the half the line. Yeah. Like, all right, so you have four points. So everybody had a possibility for two points there. Okay. I guess for the people listening, if they if you get it immediately and they don't get it immediately, then they get zero points because they too are bad priests. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's le- it's less pressure for them to be bad priests. It is for me. All right, this is a three point opportunity. Ooh, three point opportunity. Um, the three point opportunity means I'm not going to sing anything. I'm just going to tell you what it is, and you have to do the first line of okay. the second verse of Amazing Grace. This is wonderful podcasting. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to like <laughs> sing it in my head. Amazing grace has to be this one. Oh, come on. Um, oh. All right. Was grace you- that taught my heart oh! to fear and grace my fears uh, relieved. Um, how precious was that something, something the hour I first believed. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you two and a half points, right down cool. two and a half, because, and here, here's kind of my point, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, ultimately, you know it. It took you 60 seconds. And yeah, just, a radio just sing silence. it out loud. Like, I don't want to stare at you silently. This is, okay. <laughs> that's not how this game's going to go. Uh, but also, you kind of proved my f- point that even after you knew it, because I, kind of part of my, like, Part of my experience is like I might not know what the second verse is, but right when somebody says "twas," I know all the rest of the words. Right? Yeah, <laughs> but exactly. you didn't, right? So if you're singing along, you would have been per- perfectly fine. "Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieve." And then you sounded stupid. Um, uh, uh, precious did, and like you can't do that at mass, <laughs> you know. No. Like, and that's yeah. kind of my point. It's like that's probably one of the like, that might be the most famous Christian song uh, ever, probably. And, <laughs> and like we both butchered it. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> all right, so now you have six and a half points if I'm counting correctly. Yes. Uh, yes, correct. 
Okay, here we go. Um, start whenever I stop. Jeez, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sing it way too fast. Okay. Jesus Christ is risen today. Hallelujah. Uh, I triumphant holy day. Hallelujah. Who did once upon the cross? Yes, you got it. That's that's Hallelujah. two points. Okay, here's my question. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Exactly. I was like, this sounds like it doesn't fit, but I think it's the next line. Uh, but it it's, says it's such a turn. Yeah. Who did once upon the cross? I think they spelled it wrong. I think it's died. <laughs> Who did once upon the cross suffer to redeem our loss? Because that's yeah. the next line. It makes sense. Oh, so that's one line. Who did once upon the cross suffer to redeem uh, our loss? That's yeah, yeah. how it makes sense. But there's an hallelujah oh. in the middle there, so it throws right. me off. Yeah, it's very commercial break. <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> like what co- what show goes to commercial midline, <laughs> you know, like mid sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so you knew that. Uh, do you know how? Um, okay, so next line, another opportunity for two points. Suffer to redeem our loss. Hallelujah. Verse two, go. Jesus Christ, uh, our triumphant holy day. Uh, um. Uh, ah, I don't think I got this one. Name some phrase, then let us sing. Hallelujah, our triumphant holy king. Or is that it? Unto unto Christ our heavenly king. No points awarded. Okay, we're moving on. No points awarded there. Uh, Yes, you got two for getting it. Um, getting the first one. Cool. I didn't think you'd get did. (laughs) Yeah, that's such a weird word. Yeah. Um. Okay, this I'm going to tell you now. There's only there's only opportunity for two points here, but okay. we are starting in verse two of this song. But I'm wow. just going to start singing, and you have to sing the next line. Okay, <laughs> holy, 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 all the saints adore thee, casting down their golden crowns around a glassy sea. Keep going. Cherubim and seraphim falling down before thee. God. No, is it God in three persons? No, it's the weird one. It's another Um, weird word. Who was and is and evermore shall be. Yeah, yeah, that's the English version. The typical version is which wert and art and evermore shall be. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Which wert and art and evermore. (laughs) Like, we're just making up words. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but very, very good. I'll give you four points for that one because you did two two of the lines that I wanted. Very good. You got casting down and the cherubim and seraphim. Those are like very fancy lyrics. Good job. Yeah, well, that one is in my head because uh, we would do at least – two verses after every holy hour of that song in seminary. So that one's in there. Which word and art and effort mort shalt beat. Okay. I'm going to sing two lines. You're going to try to yeah. sing the next one. It's another famous yeah. song, but it's not verse one. Cause I think everybody knows. Verse yeah, two. man, this is tough. The verse two <laughs> is tough. Jeez. Okay. Um, Oh, come, O oh, wisdom from on high, who ordered all things mightily. To us the gift of knowledge show and teach us in our ways to go. <laughs> very good! Which is very funny that you paused on the word knowledge, but you got it! Very good. Yeah, Two yeah. points. <laughs> <laughs> Two points. Very good. Jeez. You're better at this than I thought. 
you're a little slow, but you can <laughs> That's I've been told that before. I've been told it before. <laughs> okay. This one's weird. This is going to go from this song, like some, there's a, there's a kind of a group of Catholic songs that start with the chorus. Okay. Yeah. So for this one, I need you a I need you to imagine. This is typically like this would be first communion songs. So picture yourself at mass. You did all the Eucharistic prayers. You're walking down to give communion. Uh, there are no other EMs, and you didn't ask anybody help. So you're going to give communion to 800 people all by yourself. You got that exactly. image in your head? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Pretty clear. All right. So. This, this is that moment, and I'm going to sing the entire chorus, and I think it's a weird turn to the verse. So if you get okay. this one, I'm going to give you three points, okay? You satisfy the hungry heart with gifts of finest sweet. Come give to us, oh, saving more, the bread of life to eat. Is not the cup, uh, oh, is not the cup of life we share? No, is not the bread... The blood, oh, it's not the cup of life we share. The blood of Christ I poured. Do not one cup, one loaf declare our oneness in the Lord. Uh, zero points awarded. I mean, you're in the ballpark. Ah! <laughs> but this is proving my point. Because yeah. we all, we've all heard this song a million yeah. times, right? But it's all jumbled in our head. You immediately yeah. went to verse three. That was your first mistake. <laughs> And then you did, like, you just started doing the Catholic thing, which is what I did Sunday. This yeah. popped up Sunday in my mind when I did exactly what you just did. I started singing very loudly the wrong yeah. verse with incorrect <laughs> words, but all the words were like bread and cup and grace, so it could have worked. It's just not how it went, which is exactly what you did with this, because you yeah. were like, it's not this cup or loaf or bread we bless and break and share and give <laughs> that's exactly what you did yeah. oh man that's very fun that would prove the point because it's like we we know them but we don't know them it's which is so weird to me that like it's just all jumbled in our brains yeah that's nuts, You're nuts. What, what was the actual verse you gotta do it so people oh okay um it's not the cup we bless and share, the blood of Christ outpoured. Do not one cup, one loaf declare our oneness in the Lord. Yeah. Okay. So I had some right words. They didn't uh, quite sneak in there. Yeah. I mean, cool. like you had correct words, but got 50% of it correct. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> okay. Okay. It's all in there somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you a verse one because. I've been making you do some other verses, or mm -hmm. I mean, I tried to get you to do verse one. You did verse three, you know. So that's weird. We're yeah, gonna try verse one again. Um, this is a song that I didn't know until later in life, but apparently it's a very popular Catholic hymn. And I and I started like once I was a music director. It's perfect for like big Christ feast days, like okay, um, Christ the King, that um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Easter, that sort of thing. Okay. So this is first line, first verse, beginning of the song. Okay. And I'm fascinated to know if this song is as big of a deal. Because it seemed like it was nothing of a deal, and now it seems like to be a, be a huge deal. And I'm pretty confused. Okay. First line, you're doing the second one. Okay. Crown him with many crowns. The Lord upon his throne. Lamb. I mean, I'll give it. The lamb I'll, upon his throne. Uh, uh, I'll give you 1.75 points. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
because I'm in charge. Like I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's it's pretty good. So yeah. is that a, is like is that a song that you like, yeah you classic. Know, y'all the do often? lamb upon his throne. Look how the heavenly anthem drowns all music but its own. Awake my soul and sing of him who died for thee. And something, 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 yeah. Through all he, eternity. <laughs> okay, so here, here's an interesting thing. And I, may, maybe I, don't, I shouldn't be saying this because I said we're not going to talk about uh, if we like songs or not. But sure. this, this song is, there's not many songs like this song for me. Okay. This song is perfect with someone playing organ and Taylor singing it. It sure. is also perfect with Taylor playing guitar and drums. This is sure. one of those rare songs yeah. that like, it's just so like, so like, just like the pomp, it needs pomp and circumstance. It does, song, it does, right? for sure. And the organ does that, but like guitar with drums on this one, this is one of the few times, <laughs> like there was drums at the music, the mass that I was at this past Sunday. Yeah. Totally unnecessary. Probably shouldn't have been there. But this yeah. song, Big Feast Day, bring it. Love it. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> this is one of those ones that I feel like we all know these lines, just not in the correct order and not with like the correct partner, like with matching. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Again, I'm going to let you, ch- I'm going to, I'm going to, we might go through this one a little bit. Verse one, first thing that we sing. You shall cross the barren desert, but you shall not die of thirst. You shall wander far in safety, though you do not know the way. You shall speak your words to foreign lands, and all shall understand. You should see the face of God to live. Okay, so you, you know this one. Very good. I'm going to give you three points. Be for that not one. afraid. <laughs> How many points uh, is that? Three. Nice. Uh, uh, there's a funny line in here. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, yeah. very good. You knew that one very well. All right. This one, I think, is more of a, like, it's like I think it started in Protestant church, but I think a lot of church, uh, Catholic churches play it because it's old enough and we're like, oh, we like old stuff only, you know? Okay. Um, um, which line do I want to do? That's a great okay. question. Here we're gonna do one for two points, and then we're gonna do one for six points. <laughs> oh man! You ready for this? Pressure's on. Ridic- okay, because I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Come, thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Oh, I know the song, but that verse is not ringing any bells. Ooh. I kind of put you in that. I, I kind of put you in that predicament because I thought you were gonna know it, and it's very high. Yeah, yeah, no. Sung by flaming tongues above. Yeah, I don't know this verse. Praise no. the mountain fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Okay, you didn't know that one, so that's got, zero. Got nothing. If you know how verse two starts, I'm giving you six points, though. <laughs> um, uh, faithful prophet. I'm giving you a hint. There's a reason I'm giving you six points, because it's the weird one. 
Saints, you said the word of flame. Martyrs once and then unheeded. Or maybe that's just the same song used for a different hymn. No, I, I, I can't do it. Here I raise my Ebenezer. <laughs> Here I raise. Okay, yeah, that's not in the Catholic hymns. That's not in the Catholic hymn books. That's no. We're Here not raising raise, Ebenezers. Here I raise my Ebenezer. <laughs> what? what? That's so stupid. <laughs> no, that's that's not even real. All right, no points awarded for that one. Okay. Ugh. Which I've done so far. Another one that I get uh, yelled at sometimes because it's not Catholic enough, but it's a freaking beautiful song. Okay. Okay. Uh, people think that uh, because it has words in it that um, Protestant u- Protestants use against Catholics, that it's therefore not Catholic. But I'm like, it's in our Bible. Luckily, <laughs> must leave me alone. <laughs> okay. okay. In Christ alone, my hope is found. Oh, this is this is like a. a- Praise and worship thing. It's not. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> no, it's not. It's. I've only heard this at praise and worship things. Yeah, you're a loser. Nope. My love is fine. I'm looking. Who originally wrote in Christ alone? It's earlier than I. Or it's. Oh, okay. It's 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 uh younger than I thought. 2001. So I'm yeah. 21 years old. Okay, so you don't know praise and worship. You hate praise and worship. You heard yes, it here first. Correct. Okay. I don't like praising or worshiping. <laughs> okay, so no points awarded for that one. How long have we been doing this? We've been doing this for 20 minutes. It's time to be done with this. Here's our last one. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, oh, go ahead. Well, you got to tell what, what is that line? Because yeah, uh, He is my light, my strength, my song, which is yeah, another no one. Way. Like, it could be any words. Like, yeah. he is my hope, my faith, and love. He <laughs> yeah. is my oh, God, just... my friend, and Bud. God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you can literally put anything in yeah. there. Okay. We're going to end. We're going to end <laughs> with uh, your favorite song. You ready for this? Okay. I'm gonna. Uh, I will give you three points because I'm only gonna give you two words. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. You dwell in the shelter of the Lord, who abides in Eighty-seven points. You did it. Give yourself a round of applause. Let us know, everybody, if you feel the same way that we do, where we're just like, we know all these songs, but we don't know them at all. Like, that's the premise, is we all know these songs and have no idea what they say. So, And if you can beat 106.25 points... <laughs> Then you're a better priest than me. (laughs) For sure. For sure. All right. Do not go anywhere. Whenever we come back, uh, we are going to do the opposite of what we did here. We're going to get a little spicy and have a little spicy conversation. Uh, Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Don't go anywhere. One of the interesting things about podcasts is that we record these days, if not weeks ahead of time, and then you listen to them whenever they release. So there is this kind of like, you know, there's not really like some active communication between you and the host. Uh, the way that we do that is on our social media. You can follow at Forte Catholic on Twitter and Facebook or at Taylor Stroll on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and even over on TikTok to stay connected with us. We share clips from the show. We share some funny moments, that sort of thing. Um, and we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, it's a great way to interact with us. It's a great way for us to get to know you better because we know that there's a lot of you listening, but we don't really know who you are. Like, you know, 
every now and then, like, I probably know who about 100 listeners are, uh, but that's like 10% of what we get on, on an episode. So I'd love to get to know some of you more. Uh, so hit us up on social media at Taylor Schroll, at Forte Catholic on your favorite social media platform. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll, and that is Mr. 187 himself, Father Anthony Sharapa. Father Anthony, I have a premise for you. We're just going to jump right into this. Okay, do it. The way that the church rushes to help crisis pregnancy mothers but shuns gay people is an incredibly tough look. Yeah, okay. (laughs) You just want me to jump in on this? You might want to say it again just so people got it. Okay, yeah, because they're like, wait, what? We were just singing. That was a lot all at once. The way the church rushes to help crisis, crisis pregnancy mothers but shuns gay people is a tough look. Okay. Um, so I think that is certainly the perception and perhaps the case in many places um, that there's a few things going on here. Um, one with crisis pregnancies, there's a time limit on it. There's like an immediate sort of thing. Um, decisions are being made, you know, whether or not to abort the child or uh, how can you get this person health care or like their baby is running out of diapers right now. You know, there's something, there's a uh, immediacy to those problems. Um, the, with, with, you know, as you said, shunning gay people, um, I don't think, I, I don't think the church has shunned gay people. Um, now are there churches, are there people, are there Catholics who have? Absolutely. Yeah. We see this all the time. It's one of the great struggles for people who, who are gay. Okay. So I'm not saying it doesn't ever happen. Um, but the problem, there's a few problems, um, that what the Catholic church actually teaches and how she should live out that teaching, it's very hard to one, explain in any of the normal ways we communicate. Um, it's hard to do it in the homily. Uh, you know, there's people who have written books and done good stuff. I, Father Michael Schmitz has done a good job, and other people have. Michael? You know. Who calls him Michael? Father Michael. He's uh, he's a buddy of mine. We actually use a... I use a uh, his, Why his would you name. use a longer name for a buddy? Because everyone else calls him Mike, but only his true friends call him Michael. Um, I, I, I call him my. Hey... Uh, but yeah, okay. I think you're you're, you're pointing to something though. Um, it's also just a a more difficult situation because it is something that you cannot see on the surface, right? You can't, in general, see someone's uh, whether or not they're gay or straight on the surface. Um, nor is the um, nor is being gay itself a sin. Having those attractions being that it's not that's not sinful. Um, and so how do you minister to those people? There are, there are some places like courage, um, which does a really good job. Um, but it's, it's difficult. So I don't know. So how about you break open what you're saying more so I can, I I think that's your, yeah, you're jumping to where my real struggle is, is how do we minister to people who are gay in the church? Because I think we've done a terrible job at it. Terrible. Yeah, I think that's fair. Sure. Um, and every parish that I have been in, right? And you're talking about like the church and like people in the church. And I th- that's a distinction that I think can be made in a lot of scenarios, right? Where it's like the church always teaches that they're that they're welcome. 
Um, but practically, on a practical level, you know, some churches might shun people or whatever. You know, it's like, oh, the churches and but. I think this is so widespread to the point where, like, I I personally have never been involved in a parish. I've been involved in quite a few that has done ministry to gay people well. Every parish that I have been in has had a very good outreach to unwed mothers or un- unexpected pregnancies or whatever, right? Why do they need ministry to? Because they're leaving and don't feel welcome. That's the problem. That's the problem. We have we have we have ministries for for youth, which a lot of them are in there. We have adult ministries. We have ministries to uh, the poor. We have ministries to uh, the crisis pregnancies. We have ministries to the old. There's and like don't all of those apply to them as well? They do, but that's not what I'm talking about. And I think I I think I think that's the problem. Hmm. Is they specifically need help. De- with like what de- dealing with how do i be gay and catholic okay which is stuff That's like fair. what courage does or eden invitation sure. or th- okay. th- th- those sorts of things but you right? see how it's tricky it's different this is a different situation it's not like i think where where it's similar to me where, where, why why i put together that dichotomy is that they're both yeah. sexual sin right to where um and uh, uh like pre premarital sex right which is a, a, yes. a large portion of unwanted pregnancies or whatever i get that not all of them are but that's tends to be the group of people that like those ministries sure. parish reach out to right yeah. so i get that it's more complicated than that but that's kind of what's in my head right where it's like oh you did a, a sexual sin that's bad we're going to do everything we can to help you we're going to walk along you with the whole nine months of pregnancy and the three years after giving your baby the di- diapers and formula and stuff uh but you do sexual sin uh, we don't know how to deal with that and that's kind of gross to so get out of here that's that has been the experience that I have seen in, in almost every ministry I've ever been in, and I can tell you that it's uh, where this is all coming from is I edit the Restore the Glory podcast. They did a whole series on um, being gay and being Catholic and mm-hmm. um, how difficult that is. And they, one of the people that was on the show has left Catholicism and is a very good friend of mine. And he tried mm-hmm. everything. He did everything that you're supposed to do. He spent tens of thousands of dollars going through therapy. He did all this stuff. He did everything. And it ended up not working for him. And that's it's sad, right? Um, so, And I, I just think, like, if I – don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's it, like it, it, it is just, like, upsetting to me where it's like I, I just don't think the church has done a good job of walking alongside people who are gay and trying to be Catholic. And I think because we have not walked well with them, they have left. Um, so a few things. Um, it's not the Catholic Church's job, nor is it healthy in, or it should not be the approach like to make someone not gay. I right. think there's too much right. of a mystery around um, that. So it's not that. So like, it's it's so I as a priest, I have people come to me with sexual sins all the time. Um, but we're not going to have, and so I I minister to them in the confessional. If they want to meet with me, I meet with them and we talk about it and we work on stuff. And a lot of times that really takes an individual one-on-one sort of basis. Um, there are some groups. Uh, that sometimes are based around struggling with sexual sins. Like I think very often Exodus 90, 
uh, one of the reasons why somebody might join X's 90s to work on that sort of thing oh, or men's themselves. support groups. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But like you see what I mean. So there's stuff, but Jason, but like you definitely don't have like a in the parish bulletin um, uh, guys who've cheated on their wives club or, um, you know, uh, uh, now that being said, you know, in my diocese, we just recently had some workshops open to the public about um, sexual addiction and um, resources for that sort of thing. Uh, but, okay, so there's definitely, I would like for in every parish that if somebody wanted to come out as gay and like, hey, I'm gay, that that would not be a big deal, that they would not be shunned or looked upon in any sort of different way. Um, I think there are many Catholics who would be able to do that. Um, but is that necessarily the case everywhere? Absolutely not. So I, I, I kind of get that. Uh, man, I hope people forgive me as I struggle through this out loud. So it's, it's, you know, as we have this conversation, um, because I have ministered to people on an individual basis. One of the difficult things is, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm rambling, but there has to be a desire to live a chaste life. Um, oh, that goes for everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, yes, I agree with you, but I also want to push back a little bit. Okay. Um, because there's a, there's a difference. And I, I, like you brought up, you brought up excess 90, which is a lot of like porn addiction. You brought up, um, uh, cheating on your, on your spouse and that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. There's still much less of a stigma against those things than if somebody would come sure. out being gay. Right. Yeah. So I it's like, is, yeah. Um, it is very, it's like, it's strange to me that like we start in like ministry to gay people being like, Hey, you have to be chased for the rest of your life when like people are watching porn and cheating on their spouses all the time. And we don't treat. Yeah. And they might go to hell for that. Right. Right. And if like, okay. Yeah. So you're right, right, right. So there is that stigma. And, and do we not come down hard enough on, on that sort of thing? I mean, I, I don't think we just because a lot of people accept a thing uh like uh, I, I jokingly tell people when this when this question is first brought up and just to kind of break the ice a little bit I often say as a catholic priest I think most people shouldn't have sex most of the time um I'm I, that's what I believe um <laughs> like even married couples like you probably shouldn't be having sex <laughs> most of the time <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, I, yeah, exactly. And that at least kind of breaks the ice so we can have an honest conversation uh, about stuff. But hey, what are you what are you what are you supposed to do? I don't know. Like, because there are plenty of people who they they struggle with um, lack of chastity. I I hear their voices in the confessional and I know they're good, faithful Catholics. This is just a sit like the chastity thing is a sin they're struggling with. And are there different dimensions of that struggle when you're gay? Is it Yes, there are different dimensions in there. Um, and maybe a different, you know, uh, weight or angle on the cross, but it's still a cross that everyone has to carry in different ways. So I, not because I, I, I don't want to throw away that struggle and say it's just like everyone else's struggle because it's not. But I also don't want to make it so different that it makes a person almost like not human. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, and I, 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 the, the part that I struggle with is like, all right, not the part, a lot of the parts that I struggle with in this is like um, telling me as a young man before I got married that I couldn't have sex, there was mm-hmm. an end in sight. And I made that end, it, it, it ended very quickly. I got married about three years after I heard that. You know, I was like, oh, so uh, it's sinful for me to do sexual stuff while I'm not married. I'll just hurry up and get married real quick, which is what St. Paul said in, the, in, the, in his letters, right? But Okay, like, but w- even with- in that, like, that's, that's a, that is a terrible myth that we, that we teach people, that once you get married, everything's okay. Once you get married, there's no way you can uh, abuse no, no, your wife. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I get but what even, you, you, Let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. But we are. But I. That's not the argument I'm, I'm making. I'm not trying to okay. talk about my marriage and heterosexual sex. I'm trying to I'll ultimately get to how do we minister to gay people? Because um, yeah. I'm trying to do that in my parish. I have no idea where to start. Right. Sure. Um, that's ultimately where this is going, and we don't have time to get into all the hetero stuff. Uh, we can do that on another day. But essentially, there's a there's an end point for most straight people. It's like, hey, you can have sex at some point, and it'll be all good. Not every situation. That's not the point I'm trying to make. But you can have sex, and it'll be fine. Right. But with gay people, we tell them you can never have sex at all. And I guess the conflation is like. There would never be a time, because I promise you our churches would be 70% empty. There's never a time where we say, oh, you can't come back to church if you're continuing in sin and keep watching porn every week. You can't come back. Yet, we would. there have been times where you tell a gay person, unless you get out of the relationship that you're in, you can't come back to church. That's absolutely not true. It's you might not be able to receive the. It's not. It's, it's absolutely it's not true. So true in practice, though, no, Father Anthony. No, I'm it's like, not. You're tr- like. I look, 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 I, look, people might say that, but that's not true. They're and the gone, people who say Anthony, that will have to answer them that. They're gone. Where are the gay Catholics? They're gone because that's how they feel and that's how they've been treated. And I don't want to. Yes, I, I know that has happened, but you can't say something is true when it's not. Like, don't get me wrong. Yes, have that has that message been sent to those people yes is it wrong that it has yes because uh if if you are masturbating every three days there's a good chance you might shouldn't be receiving the eucharist um if if but and i tell people who are in a in relationships that like you have to delete this number you can never talk to this person again because it's, there's no way this relationship can be loving i do that with straight and gay couples you know it's it's not that and i know that i can't and it's just it we're what i'm upset with is that we're still giving in to this idea that the only way to be happy is to have sex and that's a bunch of bullshit and I know it's it's painful and it's complicated because our sexual identities and who we are is a deep part of who we are. Um, but we're giving in to this myth that, like, the church says you can't be happy. That's not true. The only way you can be happy is to be chased in this world, no matter where who you are. And we and so it, it people think that we're taking away sex from people and therefore being unfair to them, and that's absolutely not true. And, but you got to make that choice. The church does not give them that choice. And like there and is I'm no not, choice I, in chastity. No, this is no. I disagree. So no, I'm not saying that celibacy. Um, the, the church for the says kingdom. that they can never have sex with the person that they want to have sex with. And I, I get that. And, and like I, I like for me, it's not a it's not a theolo- theology thing. It's how do we how do we minister to those people? Because it is very different. 
Like, I got told that I could not have sex until I got married, and I got to get married. But the church says to gay people, you can never have sex with who you're attracted and to. And you were taught wrong, because that's because that whole approach is utterly absent of Jesus Christ. And yes, very often we teach moral things that are utterly absent of Jesus Christ. This is, we have to go farther back and say, who actually brings you true happiness? And it's actually the God who loves you, who can give you intimacy. That's right. And, and like I said, um, clerical celibacy is not the same as it's, it's, there are similarities in the struggle, but it's different. But to say like, yeah, guess what? You can never commit a, you, the church is going to say, yes, you can commit a sin. Because that would be a terrible and unloving thing to do. Now, how do you even begin to have that conversation without having some faith in Jesus Christ? I don't know. And are there a bunch of assholes out there who are doing a terrible job and driving people away? Yes. And that's wrong. Uh, but th there's we're, we're giving in to some lies here in this. I'm not saying it's easy. And I'm not saying we're doing it all right. But there's, there's, there's things that are deeply twisted in our approach. So... I think the most common thing that I have seen done well, and you have you have talked said that today, is that if somebody is gay and Catholic, they should go talk to the priest. That's kind of been the ministry that I've seen. It happened at a couple of other parishes that I've been involved with. I know that you said that you've done it. Um, I don't. I don't think that's enough. I think that the church, like that, I I think that my parish. I'm on the pastoral council. I have say in how things are going, and I think that's something that we should. There have been some pretty prominent gay Catholics come through my parish um, and they're struggling. Um, yeah. Some are chase and practicing Catholics. Some are not, and some are everywhere in between. Right. Sure. Um, and I think that our parish should be doing something like uh, you know, the whole, the whole idea of the parish is the parish boundary, not just the people in the pews. Right. And yeah, I think right. a large percentage of gay Catholics are no longer Catholic because they didn't feel welcome and courage weren't to help along the path of discipleship like whatever whatever you want to put here they, they weren't helped in their relationship with christ that's the, the ultimate thing right mm -hmm. so yeah i don't know how to do that um like maybe the like i don't know like enough about courage or eat an invitation like do we just start a ministry call that is courage or eat an invitation like i don't sure. know what we do from a parish level other than say, oh, it's this secret thing, so go have a secret conversation with Father. Like, I want to be able to put something in the bulletin and say, say like, hey, we, we put all our other ministries in the bulletin. We have Alpha. We have Foundations. We have Quads. We have Youth Ministry. We have all Adult Ministry. We have AA for that kind of stroke. Like, I want to be able to put in, oh, we have Courage, or whatever it is, right? So yeah, what do sure. you think, like, not just as the priest having conversations, but as a parish, right. what, what is the best thing that a parish can do to minister to gay Catholics? You have to ask gay Catholics what they want, because some some gay Catholics it it's it's they're not going to want to tell people, and they have every right to keep that knowledge to themselves. So maybe a conversation with the priest is the best. Um, I think a lot want to be able to just be like, "This is a part of my life, but not everything," or whatever. However, they want to do that. But I think the problem with our conversation um, is that uh, we need to have these these conversations and ask gay Catholics, like, what do you need? How can we help? You know? And maybe there can be a meeting just saying that, you know? Um, well, just go listen to the last five episodes of Restore the Glory, because that's what they did. And this is my okay. response to that. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> and I didn't get an answer there. So I still want to know what I, did, what I need to do at my parish, and no one seems to be able to tell me. <laughs> I want to 
put yeah, the hope I, th- I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think a few things. Uh, if if this is on your heart, God's putting it on your heart for a specific reason. So keep praying for it and asking for opportunities. But also, um, yeah, I think we're used to canned answers um, in ministry. Like we know, like you have to have a youth group, you have to have this, blah, 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 blah. but um, for any of those to work well, they end up being very different for each church and for each like youth ministry session for each kid. Um, I think something along the lines of like, hey, are you <laughs> like a, a confidential meeting? Um, do you want to talk to these ministers about how we can better minister to people who are gay or same sex attracted or however you want to say it? I think it's because we don't know. Um, you're right. As far as like those larger sort of things to incorporate that into a healthy parish life. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think that's a good question. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) We've gotten absolutely nowhere other than yelling at each other. And I guess now we're friends because we're both angry and I'm having, I guess I'll send you a happy meme and nothing will happen. So we're back to where we started. (laughs) This is, this is good. No, but I mean, I think the reason why we are yelling at each other is because we both actually care about this and we both know Catholics who are gay and we're both trying to like, I, I don't think I'm not angry at you. Um, I'm angry. Things are screwed up. Like, okay. Your, your, your overall point that we don't do enough for gay Catholics. Yes. Yes. Let's be very clear. Uh, I think the answer to that is yes. Um, yeah. It's messy. And I like, yeah, just, I mean, it happened a month ago. Just, a mom of one of the guys that's came through our parish that's gay and trying to live as best he can. And his life is just full of pain and her life yeah. was full of pain. And she sure. just asked me about it from a mom's heart. Just like, what are we doing for our parish? Cause I don't want other kids to have to go through what my son did. It just mm-hmm. broke my heart. Cause it's like, we're doing all this great stuff at our parish and I'm trying to be a catalyst to help it go. And then we hit this thing and I'm like, I don't know how to help. And nobody else seems to care. So like, because I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just been ruminating. And like that happened like a month and a half ago. And I've been talking to her about it. And then this series of Restore the Glory, which I highly recommend. Uh, so for people that don't know, it's Jake Kim and uh, Bob Schutz. Bob Schutz is very highly regarded as a, as a, um, he's professionally a counselor, um, psychologist. And, and so is Jake. And they're incredible. And they talk to five people who are on, in many different places with being gay and Catholic. And it was a just fascinating, fascinating series. And it's just gotten me thinking. And like, it's just made me so frustrated because it's like, it, it, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how like things can be true, but it's not the correct way to say them. And I feel like that's sure. what we've done with gay, gay, gay Catholics for so long. It's just like, mm-hmm. we're trying so hard to be right and not caring for people. And that like, I'm just kind of tired of that. Um, and I don't know how to do it. I, I honestly mm-hmm. don't. Um, so I guess I'll ask somebody else. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a weird way to end. I feel like we should end differently. Yeah, well, sometimes things are tough. Here's how we're going to end. Okay. Mr. 287 himself is going to try to get two more points. <laughs> First of all, it's 162, uh, 106.25. Oh, obviously. I don't, yeah. who, who gave you those? You, told, you literally points? told me to keep track. I'm doing my job. Because you give me half a point, then seven point, a point seven five points at the other time. Oh, that's, math that's weird. That's very strange of me. Okay, here we yeah. go. You ready? Okay. Joyful, joyful, we are 
are you? God of glory, Lord of love, life. Hearts unfold like flowers <laughs> before you. Opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness. <laughs> Drive the doubt of dark away. Give <laughs> of immortal gladness. Um, bring us to the light of day. Fill us, us with the light of day. <laughs> I'm Taylor Stroll. That's Father Anthony Sharapa. I'll be back next week. I'll be back in a month. See ya. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching and listening today. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, please hit that subscribe button, whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you listen on your podcast player. I will be back next week. We have another great show planned for you. Until then, love you.